everybody, and welcome to Into the Slowdown Galaxy here on the Galaxy Geek YouTube channel and the Galaxy Geek podcast feed. If you like what we talk about here on the show, you can give this video a like and subscribe to the channel. That way you'll be up to date with all the content we have here on the Galaxy Geek YouTube channel. Also, hit the notification bell. That way you'll be notified whenever a new Into the Slowdown Galaxy drops on your YouTube screen. Also, if you like us on the Galaxy Geeks podcast feed, you can give this video, this podcast a five-star review and let us know what you like. Helps us with the algorithm of the podcast feed. Also, you can comment on this video as well because we'd love to hear your comments. And you can follow us on Twitter at Galaxy Geeks 1 and you can follow us on Instagram at Galaxy Geeks EL. With that intro out of the way, I'm your host, Elon McKay, and joining me as always, he is the technician, and he is the Christian Harloff to my Mark Ellis. He is Luke Studded. Luke, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. Welcome to the newest Galaxy Geeks episode. I wanted to first start out the show by shouting out a certain point of view. Yes. They have been amazing. They have been watching some of our videos and really been encouraging. That has been great. Also, their Apocalypse Films, I think that's what it's called. Apocalypse. <laughs> Apocaflix, thank you, thank you. That gives me yes. <laughs> and so, first off, thank y'all so much for the shout outs for talking to us. If you watch this video, we have really enjoyed your content. I, I enjoy the fact that it's very clean and very fun and stuff like that. So, I'm saying that, Eli, what do you think of this past week? This past week was really, I'll say, one of the matches shocked me. The second match didn't the third match just put me in a fit of anxiety <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could believe that like the first match of the week now and i know this isn't like the recap portion but like just to quickly go down the ethan paul match like it shocked me how both competitors played the oh my hold on i gotta go to my notes the griffy nooms video drew match that very much didn't shock me the outcome but, like, the match in itself, how it was played, it was like, wow, they both fought really hard. In the third match, oh, yeah. the Bateman versus Perry match, that shocked me that at how deep it had to go. Oh, yeah, I agree. That both ma All three matches were impressive. 100%. So, that, let's go on to our first segment. What is that, good buddy? It is Rookie of the Week, and our Rookie of the Week is Luke. Pop that graphic on the screen. <laughs> Jessica Sloth. Jessica Sloth. Sloth. My goodness. Sloth. Jessica Sloth. How many times are people going to have to correct everyone? <laughs> anyway, we are acknowledging one of the members of the Den and one of the members playing for the Den in the tournament because the Den only has one match this week. And everyone else that I was looking through that were part of Factor was like, hey, they, they have multiple matches. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on the Den this week. But yeah, Jessica Slow, she's been, she's made really big impact against Beth May. She, she got very close to beating Frankie Alvarez, which we'll talk about Frankie oh, yeah. Alvarez in the future when his match against Rick Raddis happens. But any, the other behind the scenes features with Jessica, there wasn't really a lot to look up. And it could be because I wasn't trying to go as deep. Because, again, when it comes to some personal stuff, I want to leave that as this is their personal stuff. I really don't want to go deeper. And sort of the stuff that I discovered was some personal stuff, like 
what university she goes to. And I'm like, I don't want to say that on the show. <laughs> so we're just going to keep it there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you there. So, I mean, also, you- I don't I don't want her to like, uh, like her know that I discovered it and me just giving it to the world and then her come after me with a knife. <laughs> well, honestly, I, I think she's a great competitor. I think she's a great rookie. I think as time goes on, she'll get even better and better. She brings a great character, a lot of joy to the to each match that she plays in. And 100%. we'll see when the next time she plays. Yeah, 100%. And I'm looking forward to seeing her first tournament match, which we will talk about the singles tournament since our last show. More information has come out, not just for the singles tournament, but for the team's tournament. Those are the two tournaments we're going to be talking about. And next week we have, I think, I have something planned a little bit for end of the year stuff, but don't worry. We'll talk about that next week because that that topic in and of itself is an entire episode. Well, instead of just teasing that, we'll just say we are planning to create a massive video that I'm going to do a lot of editing for and putting a lot of work into. Keep keep your eyes out for it. Mm-hmm. We are not. We don't know fully yet how we're going going about it. We have outlines ready, and we mm-hmm. want to make a full schmodown video, and it will be a lot of work. So please keep keep your eyes out for it because we're gonna put a lot of work into this. Yeah, and I'm excited. Yeah, it could be one video, or it could be three videos because the way it's the outline is, it could be three videos because of how it's organized. <laughs> but anyway. Jessica Sloosh, you're our Rookie of the Week. We're looking forward to seeing you in the tournament. Next up is Manager of the Week, Luke. Show the beautiful people out there. Who is our Manager of the Week? Ah, This one, I I went back and forth on this one, but we're giving it to Sam Levine again. Yep, Sam Levine proving himself again. I remember you and I had discussions of... Possibly, I know, like you and said, like I know this isn't what we normally do, but maybe Koi for manager of the week. I was leaning Koi. Yeah. I struggled with Koi. Yeah, but then I, again, I was thinking Sam for the simple fact of what he was able to do with Ethan. Yeah. Again, like when you when you have someone who has no who has never played IG before, and then you're able to manage them to a victory, I think that speaks volumes. Oh, yes. I struggled with this one, but I really cannot blame you for picking, or both of us for picking Sam. Sam did an amazing job. Is it just me, or is it getting harder to pick managers because they're all doing so well? Uh, Yes, it is. very Well, the one thing that's really not as hard is that when you look at some of the managers, not all of them are being seen. Like for instance, um, we'll 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 get to it maybe for the recap, but for Ben Bateman's match against Perry, Kaiser wasn't there. So if we yeah. would have chosen a manager of the week, and we would have chosen Adam Witt over Kaiser because Kaiser wasn't there. Yeah, I think there's there's real world things there also i think there's some storyline issues there mm-hmm. as well they're they're pushing that like if you've been noticing whenever they do a post-match interview and kaiser's not there they've been pushing that oh yes i think you're going to see a push for wit as the manager 
Mm-hmm. I am curious how they push it. I, I would say if they're going to push Adam Witt as a manager against Kaiser, you do a faction split. Uh, not yet, because well, you've still got to keep the faction stuff together until next year. Well, that's what I mean. Like, at the end of this year, start of next year, there's going to be a flat faction split. I could I could say that. Like, so that's what I mean. That, let's, let's move on to our next section, and that is Player of the Week. Our Player of the Week is the aforementioned Ben the Boss Bateman. Look, wow. he played he played he had to he had to work for his win. He really did have oh, to yeah. work for his win. Like everyone this week, maybe less so Ethan Irwin, because he got Star Trek in round two. I mean, come on. Like Griffey Nooms and Ben Bateman both had to work for their wins, but Ben had to work a little bit harder because Perry was able to pull those answers. And I'll say this. And if you want to go straight into the recap for Ben Bateman versus Perry Nemiroff, we can, because we'll, we'll go in order. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll go in order. There, there's just there's just one question that he missed that I was shocked that he missed. Well, we'll we'll talk more about the recap. We'll move on to our recap now because mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to talk without actually recapping. Yeah, so, and saying that, what's the first match that we are recapping? Well, of course, our first match is the. Second round one intergeekdom match that we had, Ultimate Schmodown Intergeekdom Tournament match. Ethan Irwin versus Paulo Yama. Ethan Irwin picking up the TKO victory against Paulo Yama after Paulo Yama had a very tough X Men round. In my opinion, oh, those yeah. were really hard X Men questions. Yeah, yeah. I was struggling in that match, and I'm not really oh, good with X Men. A hundred percent. I was also struggling. Like, there were a lot of times that I was like, what? And here's the funny thing coming out of round one, if like for the people who watch my reactions, you know, but for the people that didn't watch it coming out of round one, I was leading both of them. I had nine and I struggled. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this. Ethan Irwin is really working himself for player of the year. A hundred percent. I think. I will say, though, if he would have landed on a different category that wasn't Star Trek, I'm curious to see how he would have played. But it's just the wheel worked in his favor. Yeah. And, again, Paul, I think he landed on mixed bag first? Yes, yes, he did. Yes. Okay, because I knew it was a respin. And he landed yes. on a mixed bag, which spinning away from mixed bag was smart, in my oh, opinion. Yes. And then... Landing on X, like when he landed on X Men, I was like, okay, okay, we're we're about to see Paul gain a lead, but then when he didn't, and those questions were hard, I was like, what? <laughs> what? Inner geekdom, you always go, you never go with mixed bag. Yeah, unless I, 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 unless there are other things on the wheel that you hate more, and mixed bag is the first thing you land on. That you gotta, it's either. If you hate everything, if there are other things on the wheel that you hate more than mixed bag, I would rather risk it than spin the wheel again. However, looking at the wheel and me knowing how Paul is as a player, again, having seen him play in the online trivia leagues and having played him before, he is someone that I was very confident in that no, where my brain was like, no matter what he lands on after a second spin, he's probably going to do great in. So when X-Men, he landed on X-Men, I was thinking, okay, Paul's going to do great. But those questions. 
were rough. Yes. Like, well, that... Well, here's... Oh, go ahead. I was just thinking, like, that Warren Worthington, the second question, I was like, okay, they're about to ask about Angel. Who played Angel in X-Men The Last Stand? But they said Warren Warren Worthington, the second, his dad. And I was like, what? I don't even remember who played that character. I got his face. Uh, like, I had everything uh-huh. about him. I just didn't have his name. It wasn't until multiple choice when i had his name well here's something too i want to ask and this is something that's interesting when it comes to the inner geekdom i think ethan Irwin played a great match but i don't think it was a good enough match to beat an a player oh I no think he could beat a b player for sure a c player but he would struggle against an a player in this match i will say that this match I think, and I'm ready to get a lot of hate from the stars. I feel like Ethan could have, if this was how Ethan played, I bet he could have beaten a Brandon Hanna. Here's the thing with that. We've got to see some some more where Brandon Hanna is right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and we'll find out today. <laughs> yeah, or on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever anyone decides to watch the Brandon Hanna versus Saul match. Because it just dropped today. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, I'm not saying Ethan would have beaten Brandon Hanna via TKO. I'm not saying that no. at all. I'm saying it would have gone to the five-pointer, at least for Brandon. And it would have been one of those Brandon would have had to play, the, like, one of his best games. Now, seeing who Ethan is playing in the next round, Ethan has. I'm not going to say he doesn't have a chance, but... His chances of winning are in the lower percentile. He's playing Parker, correct? Yes. Would you have ever thought we'd get an Ethan versus versus Parker match? No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Like, again, like, I understand there was a lot of scheduling difficulties through all this because Jacob Whitnaven would have been the, um, the choice if if um he he was available but he wasn't available so they put in ethan i wonder if they would if i know like they were saying in behind the scenes ethan was like one of the first people but i'm curious if sam ever considered liz because she also knew star Mm -hmm. trek so i wonder if she if she was ever considered honestly if i were between liz or ethan i would probably go ethan because i feel like ethan for one ethan does ethan have kids I think so. Yeah, I know he watched it. It's been mentioned that he's watched a lot of Pixar movies and inner geekdom kind of bleeds into your kids movies, sort of. Mm-hmm. They kind of do. I, I'm not I, saying. I mean, one of the categories in IG is animated. Yeah, but it, the problem with that category is even though it's animated, it, it's all adult animated, basically. <laughs> Strange Magic is not an adult animated movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That that but, by the way, Strange Magic came up twice this week. That's weird. That is so weird. Do you think the writers planned that or do you think it's just happenstance? I think I honestly think sometimes they plan stuff, but I don't know if they planned that. By the way, no, I I knew the answer to that strange magic question. I just, like, Evan Rachel Wood was literally the first name that popped in my head, but then I started second-guessing myself because then I was like, or was it Anna Kendrick? 
I can't remember. <laughs> oh, me. Anyway. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I haven't, and I don't know how I mildly knew that. I know Alan Cummings um, or um, Floop from Spy Kids or Nightcrawler. Let me, let me use a, a more no- notable movie. Nightcrawler from X2. I know he's the bad guy in it. Hmm. Well, yeah. I I will say I love seeing Ethan in this match. I'm excited to see where he goes next. Interdictum oh. is a very interesting place for him to be in. A hundred percent. I'm I could see this not to say that like this entire season he's felt like a rejuvenated Ethan, but I could see oh, him yeah. playing in a division that he is not the top dog in. I could see him getting even further rejuvenation. Like, oh, I actually have to, like, fight my way to the top again. Yeah, let's do it. I would love to see a match between Ethan and Dan in Energikdom. Oh, my. Christian Harloff, you probably don't watch this show. But if you do, please make that a thing. You don't even have to put records on the line. It could just be an exhibition. A Dan Merle, Ethan Irwin IG match. Let's go. Let's go. That'd be so cool. That'd be so much fun, too, because Dan has always said that he was going to go into IG, but he's never gone into IG. No. And they would both be good in Star Trek. 100%. Also, like, I could see Dan being knowledgeable in, like, Marvel or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially with all his recaps that he had to do for Screen Junkies. Oh, 100%. And all the freaking honest trailers that he had to write <laughs> so and saying that let's move on to this next match this next match was to me probably the most interesting match this week i would have to agree especially look let let's go ahead and show the audience what match it is if it's not already up vo drew versus downtown griffin newman yep griffin Newman's picking up the win continuing his undefeated streak i might add of three and oh and yeah, this match had a lot of curveballs. Yeah, I, something I am curious your opinion, and I'm I'm looking from the outside looking in because I'm not the best at movie trivia. Mm-hmm. I love movie trivia. That's why I love the showdown. But to me, Video Drew's round two was difficult. The only I'll, again, Stephen King's not my is not a category I would ever stick a claim on knowing. Stephen King, again, I have not won. A majority of Stephen King movies are horror movies, so you know I'm not touching those. But the one that I knew the most, like the one that I heard the question, I knew it off the top of my head, was the Clancy Brown one, was the Shawshank Redemption. And you know why I know Clancy Brown. You know exactly why I know who Clancy Brown is. (laughs) Mm. Freaking Lex Luthor on Superman. Anyway, moving on. Um, that that was a hard category. That was a very hard category. And I feel like looking looking back at the match, I think that the reason why she went for it was because she was expecting questions that dealt with the horror movies. And Stephen yes. King writes more than horror. He has written yep. other books. So... And he has written novellas, and the majority of his non-horror movies are based off of the novellas. So it's one of those things where when you look at the 
Stephen King slice, you have to look at every single genre at this point. And because the category is not that broad, you pro- the writers probably have to be a little bit more like, oh, we need to write harder questions or we need to go deeper because this category is a very narrow category and it's very hard to just write um, um, generic questions. And also the tournament has to be hard. You can't make it an easy tournament for them. Well, here's something too. I've always heard competitors say this, that you always try to go with a direct, a specific director or a writer. You go off of them directly because normally if you know their filmography, you can basically fly through the, the questions. I think PJ and the writers heard that and are saying, no, if it's a specific person, we're going to make the questions harder than than a 2000 slice or a 90 slice. Yeah, because, I mean, let's look at what Griffey Nooms got. He got 2000, correct? Yes. And those questions in my mind, though some of them still stumped me, I think I was able to get two more than I did or I was able to get one more than I did in the Stephen King, whereas Stephen King, I only got one. The 2000s, I got two. And I think it was because those movies, like, sure, there's more to pick from in, like, this broader, but, again, there are so many movies that came out from 2000 to 2009. There are so many movies to pick from that you can be a little bit more, I don't want to say generic, with the questioning because some of those questions were really difficult in my mind but like you i hope you understand what i'm trying to say like yes yeah you, no, you, ha- you have to be you can you're allowed to be a little more broader with the questions than when you have a very specific category like stephen king and i think that's what helped griffin noons in the end however though that round two was tough for video drew she was able to make a comeback she had she forced oh, yes. griffin noons to answer that 10 pointer or that five pointer, that 10 pointer, that five pointer. And, but when Griffey got the question, he knew it. Like he didn't even struggle Mm -hmm. to answer it. No, I will say this though, with the directors and writer questions seeming to be a a bit harder. Do you think this is going to change the way competitors pick their slices or do you think they need to figure out that they need to change the way they pick their slices i don't think it's going to change the way they pick their slices i think it's going to just get them and force them to study yeah get them to study i know they already study but it's going to be one of those things where okay so since this is a director or like insert occupation of person slice we gotta be a little bit more focused in on their movies we have to know everything and i think that's sort of what's going to happen with them like the, if they're still confident in like a stephen king category they'll still probably put it on the slice but they'll probably make sure before they even put it on the slice they know it like the back of their hand well let me ask you this this is an interesting question to go about We've seen in the past couple years, we've had two competitors that have actually really changed the game, and we're about to talk about one of them. 
We've seen Ben Bateman really change the way that he studies, change the way he plays the game, and that's why he won the championship last year. You also saw the year before, Smets. He came in, changed the game, changed how he played, changed how he studied, and it changed the inner geekdom. I think with the way that I think the the it we're we're seeing PJ and the writers change the way that they do their questions. I think you're gonna have to have a new player change the game. I don't know who it's gonna be, but there seems to be because also the cow coyote last year changed the game as well. Oh, I said Ben Bateman last year. I mean yeah. in 2019. Yeah. But I think, is there a player you see that is changing the game, or do you think they're all playing about on the same level? I, It's very hard to say who's changing the game and who's not because it's one of those things where you have to go full, like full analysis mode. Like I would say... Maybe, like, just in general, I think, and I'm ready to get so much um, flack for this by the Finstock Exchange. I think the Finstock Exchange, as a faction, has been changing how to study and been changing how to um, play the game. Because they study as a unit, and they make sure everyone is, like, caught up with everything. So I really feel like that the Finstock Exchange as a faction has been like changing the game, if that makes sense. Well, do you know who I think has actually changed the game in teams this year? Who? Shazam. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Like, if you compare them to any other team, and I hate to say this about some of the teams that I love so much, like, they seem to. Shazam seems to be like on a consistent we're improving every single time or like I understand saying like oh they went completely perfect in their title their first title match this season but then they missed some in their second title match I'm like sure but sure that you can look at that as a downgrade or you can see that as an upgrade from the question writers trying to make sure that Shazam doesn't get all the questions right well I think Shazam is a very scary thing Mm-hmm. I think they are changing the game. I think William Bibiani is starting to change his game. I just am looking for, especially next season, because I think the whole game is going to change again next season. I think the rookies, and if any rookie is watching us, reevaluate how you study today. Start analyzing. You see Ben, he, he spent time... Lots of time in not just studying, but figuring out how to study. And my thoughts with the rookies this year, and if you are a rookie, please listen to this. Look at the game in its play right now and analyze it. See where are ways that you can do strategy, where are ways that you can change the way you play. I think next year is so important. To do that what do you think Eli? i mean i agree 100 percent. like all the rookies of this season and the rookies the potential rookies of next season they have to look at the game differently and again like for ig i think robert and saul 
are two players that you can look at of being like, oh, they look at the game. They've been looking at the game differently since last season. And then you see Amaru, who's just been like, as a rookie, been looking at the game differently. I think this there's a potential for like next season, like a new wave of how you play the game next season. Well, here's something I am curious about, and we'll get, get on to the next recap after this question. Do you think some players are going to struggle due to the fact that you have a change of the game where it's so strategic, so focused on trying to get as many questions as possible, and then you're going to get wrestling and the storylines and everything else thrown back at them? It's almost going to be like a culture shock. I think the people, I think for, for that, if they're going to struggle, I think that's a wait and see because it's hard to say now since we're sort of like in that middle ground of we're, we're about to go back into that, but we're still in sort of like the strategic play. So we're currently in that ground of, ah, who knows? Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a wait and see game. It's honestly a wait and see. Well, and speaking of that, let's actually talk about to me, the start of players being players and being strategic coming back. And this is why we made him player of the week. Ben Bateman versus Perry Nimroff. Mm-hmm. To me, this match proved how good of a player Ben Bateman is. I will say, and again, I wanted to say this up top, but I held back and waited for the recap. I am shocked that he missed the wild wild west question i am i'm not well sora i am but i'm also not due to the fact of every once in a while you just get a question that just stumps you and And you just can't get it and look it could be and i'm willing to admit this it could be because i watched that movie a lot when i was a kid so i've basically had the main cast memorized in my brain on who plays who it could just be that but personally, I was shocked that he got that wrong. But. Well, here's the thing with that. I think with Ben Bateman, he he knows so much about action movies, so much about genres. I was a bit shocked that he missed it. But at the same time, it happens. I now, mean, I have a question for you. And again, yes. so there are some people that were criticizing um, Koi's managerial um, strategy of giving um, Ben mixed bag instead of Jurassic Park. I, on the other hand, think that Koi's plan of giving him mixed bag over Jurassic Park was actually very smart because if you, because you almost know for a certainty, he knows that Perry put that on the wheel. He's going to study Jurassic Park. So you sort of like thinking to yourself, don't give him what he expects. Don't give him yeah. what you expect that he's going to get. Like he's again, he's probably expecting to get Jurassic Park if he lands on on opponent's choice. So instead of giving him Jurassic Park, they give him mixed bag, which is a hodgepodge, which I think I, Perry was able to get a steal off of that. I agree. I actually agree with you completely. It was brilliant. They did everything they were supposed to do. They they got the seal. They got the questions. He did not do great in mixed bag. He struggled a little bit. 
So they did exactly what they had to do. And yes, you're right. Ben Bateman probably was so ready for mix for Jurassic Park, it wasn't even funny. Because he's a strategist. And Coy, knowing Ben Bateman, did exactly what he had to do. Yeah. And and, honestly, and also there was there was that question in new releases that Perry missed. That again, I wish look, this entire game, this entire match was a I can't believe that this match is going the way it is because there were times when I was like, Oh, Ben, like is an obvious Ben victory. But then there's like that point sort of like in round two is to round three. It's where you're like, Oh, Perry could pull the win. Perry could pull the win. Well, something else about this match is what did you think of Ben Bateman's challenge? I, I hated it. Everyone has talked. I absolutely loved it i it was brilliant i look and this is look we've already discussed that we thought that the kate challenge was stupid that this was another in my opinion in my humble opinion i thought this was a stupid challenge no it was absolutely brilliant because ben bateman knew he was not going to win this he did not do it because he thought he could win it he did the challenge to mess with Perry. That was the only reason. He's got a challenge. He better use it. So he, in his mind, he's going to throw anything out there he could. He was going to throw anything at Perry because he had to get Perry off her game. And so throwing that challenge threw Perry off, even by a little I, bit. I don't think it threw her off. That's the thing. I don't think it threw her off. It could have, though. And that's what Ben Bateman was working off of. That's why I say, when I said a strategist, someone who knew the knows the game, he to me was brilliant with this challenge because the Kate one was stupid because of the fact of or not stupid it was it wasn't the best challenge due to the fact of it was in the middle of the game she, mm. he was trying he was kind of being funny but he also thought he could try and win it and Koi probably should have pushed back because Koi w- knew that he was going to lose that was maybe the one miss on Koi on that one this time Ben knew exactly what he was doing. He, does, he didn't care about winning it. That was not the point. He didn't care about that. What he cared about was trying to get into Perry's head. Because Ben Bateman's whole job is to try and get into the, his competitor's head. Because Ben is a great movie trivia player, but he's a better strategist. And if he can throw strategy in, he's going to. Again, I it could just be me looking at it as a player and being like, really, you're challenging that? Like, benefit of the doubt rule is going to rule in Perry's favor. And look, sure, like, strategy and everything but again when i'm looking at it like it didn't throw her off and you can say like oh it did throw her off because she didn't know the sudden death question like based off of the moment the question started she didn't know the answer it was not one of those it wasn't one of those she would have known the answer if her game wasn't thrown off like no she did not know it from the get so it wasn't one of those it threw her off but knowing how ben bateman works and we, he had no idea what the after effects of him doing that challenge. But as a strategist, he decided, I have this challenge. The game is rolling in her favor. Let me stop the game. A challenge stops the game. It is a, not many people use their challenge. But if you got it, use it. And he used it in the third question just to try to throw her off before her fifth question. And it so, didn't work. Because she didn't work. Because she knew that question like that. It didn't work. But 
I think personally, I think Ben Bateman was absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. And if he watches this video, first off, I think it was absolutely brilliant what you did. I saw exactly what you were doing, and I knew when he called that challenge, I knew it. I knew what he was doing. I saw it in his head because no, because I'm I'm a big strategist and I like strategy. That's why I like the Schmodown, and that's why I think Ben Bateman is one of my favorite people to watch because I love seeing strategy work, and sometimes it doesn't work. But that's what he did, and he said it in the past. If you're gonna have a challenge, use it. Don't waste it. Use it. I have a question. And like throughout this entire season, Ben's been or like everyone's been or especially Ben has been saying like, oh, um, he's a heel this season. Like Ben's a heel this season. Ben's a heel this season. I never got from the start of this season to about the danger zone match. I never saw a heel Ben Bateman anywhere. Like Throughout all of his matches, I never saw heel Ben Bateman. It wasn't until this match that I was like, okay, there's heel Ben Bateman. There's the bad guy Ben Bateman that he's been saying he's been playing. Am I the only one that it took this long for me to see it? Here's the thing. I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Also, the reason why it took so long, this is the first match you've seen Ben Bateman live. Mm -hmm. he was in studio and that matters to Ben Bateman because if you'll watch it from when he was part of the action guys when they first joined he works off of, of momentum he enjoys the crowd he he really thrives in that environment I mean look at him He that's why he won the championship that's why he I think has struggled in digital because he thrives he's like a Roka he thrives on in live studio audience that's where he thrives i think he struggles with being on digital so are you saying that like to go to roca for a moment are you saying that roca shouldn't be leaving yet like give yeah like next year he should stage for like the audience to see how like he would play in front of an audience again yes i do i absolutely do i think roca got burnt out because he was on digital and I think he will return and come back in some way or another I think I think Christian is planning something with Roka because of the conversations because of the tweets that he's posted the the things they've hinted at I think Roka is about to pull something and it will be interesting to see how he does it Roka versus Mance 3 I see that next year I do see that next year, but I don't think that's the thing. Okay. I think he might. I think he might become a manager. I would. Again, I'm. Roca as a manager would be amazing. However, I would still want him to play. I know, but that's what's beautiful about them changing up the game and, for next year. And bring back Rachel as a manager. Rachel is very busy with her ed I, editorial job. I know, I mean, but still. Or bring Emma Fife back. Bring the Fife Club back. I do see that happening. Because she was I originally supposed to be she was originally supposed to be one of the factions. Yes. I do see that happening. I think next year is going to be massive. But just going back to this match though, I do want to say Perry Nimrod played an absolutely amazing game. Oh, there was legitimately a point where my my brain was going, wait, is Perry going to win this? 
is am am I gonna beat Luke in this one match? Is that legit gonna happen right now? Like there is legit such a good week. Look, that's such I, a good week. I can afford a loss. You're now you're I now know. it's a ten point lead now. Ten points. Mm. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this was this was such a fun match. This was a great match. Both competitors played fantastically and I cannot wait to see who Ben plays in the future. We already know that Griffin Nooms' next match is in New York against Josh Horowitz. We already know that one. That is the only second-round match we know as of yet. We'll have to wait and see for the others. Because I'm right. the only thing that we're waiting on for to determine the full bracket is this this week's pay-per-view and then the match that the match that comes out of this pay-per-view well something too i'm excited to see is these rookies start having to play some of the some of the massive a players in in the league Mm -hmm. because they haven't really been they have been playing more of the rookies they've been kind of keeping the rookies with the rookies this this year mm-hmm. and i get it because of how their rankings are but i am so ready to see some of these rookies play some some massive matches like a ben bateman versus a let's say a ty lieberman that would be a such a interesting match and i'm not saying or a ben bateman versus josh that'd be a great match actually i i see out of for the second round i see ben bateman versus king Khan. am i Ooh, saying that, that i think king Khan's gonna win Sure. Depends on his opponent, though. <laughs> so, in saying that, let's actually move forward to our final section, and that is predictions for next week, or this coming up week. This isn't technically our final section. We're still going to talk about the tournaments. Oh, tournaments. Oh, yep, you're right. We still you're got right. tournament news. After. But anyway, we're okay. at the prediction section. They have not released the graphics for us yet. <laughs> nope. But they're all written out. I went ahead and did that, so yeah. that's sort of Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the ter- what the pay per view is going to be. Whether it's going to be Battlefield or Smo that or Throwdown, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we don't know. We'll find out later this week, maybe. Anyway, the first if, match. If you were if you were to guess which one, which would you would you go with? It would have to like this. Feels like a Battlefield. Yeah, me too. I think it's a Battlefield. Anyway, yeah, this feels like a Battlefield. Anyway, starting off, like again, the match literally just dropped maybe like a few like an hour ago so we haven't seen it yet so the first match of the week is the third ultimate schmodown intergeekdom tournament round one match brandon hannah four and four one knockout representing the stars versus saul two and two two knockouts representing the den this is their rematch from last year's tournament luke who do you have and why why'd you put me first because Ugh. All right, this one. I honestly, I am strangely. I would want both of them to win. I actually really enjoy both these players. I think mm-hmm. Brandon needs a win. He needs it badly because he's been struggling. But Saul, I think he's going to come back so much stronger. He's angry. I think he's upset at himself. I think he's going to be working with Kate a lot more, working with his team. After talking to Thomas Harper, I think Brandon is so ready to, or not Brandon, I mean Saul is so ready and he's putting the work in. 
So I think I'm going to have to go with Saul. You know, though I would love to see an upset and Brandon Hanna winning. Look, at this point, Brandon Hanna beating Saul would be an upset victory. Maybe not last year. This year it is. So though I would love to see it, I'm also picking Saul to win. I'm, I think Saul is going to be fueled by the anger of losing to Amaru, and I could very much see him getting revenge. Is this going to be a knockout or a TKO? No, this is not. This is going to round three. This is going to, okay. like, they are answering five-pointers in this round. But it all depends on if Saul's going to have to answer his five-pointer or if they're both going to have to answer their five-pointer. That's honestly what it's going to be down to, and I think Saul is going to be picking up the victory for this match. Actually, I'll talk about this when we get to the tournament news, but I read the latest article from Let's Get Ready Network, the newest devil advocate, devil's advocate, and it deals with the den and tournament season, but I'll talk about that when we get to the tournament because it's a very interesting article, in my opinion. Okay. Anyway. Next is David Del Rio of the, the Dungeon, two, two and three versus Liz Shannon Miller, six and five, two KOs for the usual suspects. Who do you got and why? Liz Shannon Miller. Hmm, that was quick. Yeah, I mean, nothing against David. He played great in his last match. He played great. However, Liz Shannon Miller is just a different entity, in my opinion. When you look at both of them, I feel like, though though you can say Liz is sort of, like, inconsistent, like, even when you look at her match with Riley, I think Liz has proven that she's one of the top players, like, top-tier players in the showdown. And I think a victory, this a victory in this, um, a victory just in general. What am I trying to say? Additional, the victory, the victory is going to cement that and like putting her further into the tournament. For this match, and this is gonna, this is probably gonna lose me the week, but for some reason I just have this feeling of David Del Rio. I don't know why I'm going David Del Rio, but to me, David in his last match really impressed me. I think the dungeon is doing something different with David. I think he's got a tough match with Liz. I wouldn't be shocked if Liz wins. Honestly, I on any other day I would pick Liz, but for some reason I just feel like David Del Rio has a fire under him that he did not have in his last matches, but I think he has it. I mean, it could be because that he was a part of the den and then got then got dropped and then the dungeon picked him up. He could just be angry at that just at that notion but yeah i yeah i mean that i mean if david wins i'm gonna be happy for him but it's just in yeah. my eyes looking at it i see liz picking up the victory all right and saying that you go with the next one this next match is the second match for the usual suspect this week it is drew mcweeney five and six two knockouts representing the usual suspect Versus Ty Lieberman, one and one, one knockout representing the Finstock Exchange. Luke, who you got? Ooh. Ugh, this one. Ah, this is going to be weird because I. Ugh, I'm, I'm struggling with this one. My, my reason why I'm struggling is due to the fact Drew McQueen has not been on his game this year. He's a great competitor, I think he's amazing. But he's been off and on this year, so it's been a weird year for him. Ty Lieberman's 
been in interesting as well. The last time we saw him, he was trying to manage, which for him didn't turn out as well as what he'd hoped. But fun you know, story. Fun story. The person she he was managing was the barbarian. The last person the barbarian played was Drew McWeeny. Oh, that's interesting. So, so in saying that, I'm gonna have to go with a safe bet because I did kind of chance in the last one. I'm gonna go with Drew McWeeny. Yeah, I'm. I could be just going for all the safe picks this week. I'm fine with that. Well, the pay per view is gonna be a different ball game in and of itself. Oh, man, that's gonna be something. But I'm also picking Drew McWeeny because I feel the last match really went in his favor. Like he he lost his first match this season, and then he came back and he beat the Barbarian. Which again, beating the Barbarian when when the Barbarian was having like a perfect game is a big thing in and of itself. And also Sam as a manager is just Sam's been managing great this season. I'm just gonna be honest. He has been proving oh, yeah. why he's going to be contender for manager of the year. And I know a lot of people oh, yeah. are saying maybe um coy and um finsock for manager of the year we cannot ignore sam we cannot ignore sam here's here's my thoughts on that before we get to the next match i think who is really working towards that is coy and sam mm -hmm. i do not give it to finsock and i actually don't blame him i think finsock is an absolutely amazing manager this year but he hasn't been able to be there for every match well and that hurts we go ahead. We can't. He wasn't there for the barbarian match, but he was there for a majority of the other match. I think he was there for all the other matches, but the one that it sort of like went down for him is when doing one of the Rushmore matches when his internet wasn't a hundred percent. But he was, he was there. Like he was there for the other yeah. matches. The the one manager I would say is working against him is Kaiser because Kaiser really like in this late season where the manager is really necessary. Kaiser has not been there. It's had to be Adam yeah. Witt. So I feel like manager of the year this year is really hurting Kaiser the most. Yeah, I agree. So let's go ahead and move on to the next recap. It is Schmodown Battlefield slash Throwdown, whichever it is. Yeah. It's Ellison, five and four, two <sighs> KOs. Corruption versus Jeff Snyder, 13 and nine, three KOs with the stars. Who you got and why? Ultimately, determining the winners of these next two matches is just basically saying what match you want to see at the next pay-per-view on the 27th. This is ultimately what this is picking. So it's like, sure, you can pick who you want to win, but what match do you want to see? Do you want to see Chance Ellison versus JTE, Jeff Snyder versus Adam Collins, a rematch between Jeff Snyder and JTE, or do you want to see Corruption go head-to-head? -head? And for me, in this match, for this one in particular, Chance has been playing on a different level since the start of the season. He's been playing... He's, I know a lot of people have been saying he's turned into the A player of the of corruption. I don't like to do A player and B players, but he's been proving that he's like one of the best players on that team. And even in all of the teams division, he's proven himself in singles. Sure, he had a stumble in IG, but still he proved himself. So for this match, I'm picking champs. 
honestly, for this match, I would normally go with Chance because you know me. I love corruption, but I am giving it to Jeff Snyder. I think Jeff has been playing a different kind of match. I think he, yes, he lost his last one, but for some reason, I just have this feeling Jeff is going to do something different. And but, so, and also Roxy, I think, has been doing good as a manager. So I think I'm going to have to go with Jeff. But has Jeff had a singles match this season? Yes, I think he did. Has beginning. he? I feel like the only match he's had this season is the odd, hmm. the odd couple title match. Wow, I cannot remember. I, I apologize. I don't don't remember. See, that's the thing. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. But it's just I can't remember if he's had an actual one-on-one match this season. I'll I'll skim I, through February. It, it would be early. It would be early. I know. Um, I'm looking early right now. Let's go ahead and while you're looking, I can go ahead okay. and start talking about okay. the next match. The last singles match he had, or at least the only one that I'm seeing right now, is when he played for the number one contendership against Dan. Yes, that all the I, way I, back I, in he, March. Well, here's the thing with this match. He has got to do very well with this. He can't get in his head. If Jeff gets in his head, he loses. If he doesn't let anything get in his head, he will win this match. That's that, what decides it. See, but even I don't know, like chance. I'm not saying chance is good at getting in people's heads, but Chance is really good at even if Jeff Snyder's on like his A game, Chance is on like his A plus game. Like whenever Chance has been playing someone, he's been on an A plus game in singles. Well, let's let's go ahead and move on to Adam Collins seven and one three KOs four corruption versus JTE eleven and ten one KO Finn Stock Exchange. You- I will go first with this one. Mm-hmm. I am going with Adam Collins. Okay, so you're you're I, predicting Jeff Snyder versus Adam Collins. Yes, I am. I think Adam Collins, for one, needs this win. He, I mean, he's lost one match. And I think he's been training. He's been practicing. I think the last match he just lost, and it w- was a good match. So I've got to go with Adam Collins. We can't forget that we have been seeing Adam play in teams. We've been, like, the teams matches have really been, like, we need to focus on those as well. Because if you look at those matches, Adam has sort of been the one costing the team matches. Like, in all honesty, JTE has been playing like old school JTE. He's been playing like a monster. And I don't know if this is just, um, man, honestly, if you would have asked me earlier, I would have said, oh, it's going to be Chance versus Adam, Corruption versus Corruption, here we go. But I don't know. I think I just talked myself into JTE, Chance versus JTE. You but can I don't, chance it. I know I can chance it. Yeah. You're going to say that every single week. Like, hey, you can, you can chance it until you slowly creep up. I said that because of the pun. I know. But at the same time, you're not lying. But no, I think ultimately I'm going to stick with my gut and I'm going to pick Adam as well. Mm. And we're going to get at the next pay-per-view on the 27th. 
the same day that Mike is defending his IG belt, we're going to be getting a corruption versus corruption match for the number one contendership for the singles title. It's going to be the 27th is going to be a corruption night. I'm, I'm not wow. predicting. I'm not predicting the IG title match, the title match yet. I'm just saying as of right now, I look at that's going to be a big night for corruption because you're going to have a title match and you're going to have a number one contendership. So in my pick, I pick Chance and I pick Adams. Adam. Well, in saying that, let's move on to the final section. And that will be, I don't have any graphics for this one because we just got a lot of this news. We have the turn, the tournament talk, the tournament news. What you got, buddy? Look, we can talk about all the single competitors that have been confirmed, but I just want to say right now, when it comes to corruption and usual suspects, three, like a majority of them are up in the air because for corruption, we could get Adam, Chance, or Mike. Jacob is officially done for the season. James White is the other one. Again, based off of how I've decided, Mike's event, the way I've done predictions, Mike is going to be in the tournament in of my estimation. In your estimation, Chance is going to be in the tournament, and it's going to depend whether Adam wins the number one contendership or not. So, yeah, that's the main thing. And we're also going to be waiting on to see Paul Walter Hauser's availability because if he's available, he'll be going in. If not, Doug Benson will be going in. That's, that's what's interesting. What's also interesting is none of the stars have played yet. No. And the Finstock Exchange has firmly established that all their players are still in. With Griffey Nooms winning, all of their players are still in. This week will determine how the usual suspects look. This week will also determine how the dungeon looks. Or not the dungeon. Yeah, the dungeon. The dungeon. It will also determine how the Finstock Exchange looks. Look, this week is going to be a big week for um, a lot of tournament play. And... Yeah, singles, singles, it's singles. Singles is going to be big. But the main one that we need to talk about is the team's tournament because they've officially, every single team for the tournament has been decided. For the dungeon, it's Danger Zone. That was sort of, of a course. gimme. That was yeah. sort of a gimme. The Fintech Exchange, King Arthur, which is King Con and Griffin I News. It. I love it. I love it so much. Literally, it wasn't until yesterday that it finally hit me where the Arthur came from. I was like, why are they calling themselves King Arthur? That's a person. That's a singular person. And then it didn't hit me that it was, oh, wait, Griffey Newman's character from The Tick, his name was Arthur. That's why they're King Arthur. I'm dumb. Anyway, <laughs> Corruption. Their team is Corruption. They're going back in. The Quirky Mercs, Press Room. For the Den. Surprisingly, we're not getting the outsiders. We're getting Mark Riley and Alonso Duraldi for the usual suspects. I know we can't wait for lightning time, so we're getting Paige for Betty and Drew McQueenie for swag. I was thinking we might have waited for final exam, but we're not. We're getting midterms, which is Eric Zipper and John Harris. And then for the stars, it seems like the odd couple or even the otter couple is officially done, or maybe they're not, and Roxy's just deciding not to put Janine and Jeff in the tournament. 
but we're getting chaos theory with Jake Jacoby Bancroft and Nick Harley. Luke, I love that. I love that match. What are your thoughts on the the competitors in the tournament? Because the, no bracket has been released yet. But what are your thoughts on the teams that were determined? I love it. I think it will be a very interesting ma- matches. I think Danger Zone has is going to show again how good they are. I could see them winning again. But Chaos Theory to me could be a real challenge for that. See, I feel the same way about King Arthur and Press Room. Yeah, King Arthur, King Arthur as well. I think Press Room is a great B plus to A team, but not. I don't know if they're going to win at all. I could see them at least going to the semifinals. Well, yeah. wait. Yeah, the semifinals. Wait. My brain. It all depends on the matchup. It, it yep, all depends same, on the matchup. Finals. Now, I wanted to bring up this point. I Again, I specifically said when I was talking about the Den, no outsiders. Yeah, and I, yeah that's so interesting to me. I wanted to bring this up. Because, again, I recently said I read the article from... Um, Devil's Advocate, Let's Get Ready Network. They did an article about why they think that, or the writer of Devil's Advocate recently did an article of why he thinks that Ben Goddard and Paul Preston should leave the den. And the main consensus was it's because the den really hasn't done anything for them in terms of like increasing their value. And then... Like, I will say, I disagree so much with Ben Goddard's... And again, like, this is his, this is his like, thing. I disagree with his outlook of, oh, I'm 0-2 this season. I sh- we should give other people a chance. Like, then you're someone that deserves a chance. And then, like, yeah. again, reading the article, it was mentioning, like, oh, if you want other players to give a chance, why didn't why isn't Van Goddard in the IG tournament instead of Saul? Saul had his chance and Van Goddard should have the chance now. And I'm like, all these points make so much sense. Again, nothing against Saul or anyone at the den who made the, make these decisions. But if their entire idea is give other players a chance on their roster, then they should do that. Like Ben should be given a chance to play an IG. Saul, Saul had his. He failed. He failed to cash in on that opportunity. So now it should be Ben's turn in IG. Same for, um, like, Ben and Paul should have been in the singles tournament. I hate to say it, but they should be the ones in the singles tournament. The team's tournament, nothing against Mark and Alonzo. The outsider should be the one in the tournament. Again, this is just, this is just, this is turning into a Den rant. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, here's the honest truth, and this is for me the same. I'm the same way. And this might be the sounds the hardest thing I've I've said, and you know me, I'm always wanting to encourage. And if Ben Ben Goddard ever watches this, first off, I want to say you are an amazing player. Believe in yourself, dude. Stop giving your spot away, and maybe it didn't work out. I don't know. It doesn't look good for you. Last year, the same thing happened. You weren't put in the tournament. And I don't know if it, it was scheduling. I don't know, but it looks so bad on you. You're such a amazing player. Show it. Prove yourself. Show your your fight. Show 
how hard you can work. Dude, you got this. Like, don't give up on the fight. When you do that, it makes you look like a worse competitor. It makes you look like you, you just, oh, well, other people can have the space. I, I, I want to look good by just giving up my spot and letting them go. No, show how good you are. Show your fire. Show, no, I'm going to fight in one of these tournaments. I'm going to prove myself. Even if I lose, it doesn't matter. I'm going to prove myself. He is not proving himself anymore. He has walked away from the game. And if you're going to be that way, either quit or fight. Or, Don't just give up. I'm, I mean, that's what it feels like. This is, that's what it honestly feels like. It feels like, like after his two losses, and they weren't even bad losses. They were no. close to the wire losses. It, him just deciding not to be in the tournament feels like him saying, oh, well, that's it for me. I had two losses. And I I don't deserve to be in the tournament. Like, Ben, those were, sure, they were losses, but they were close losses. Yeah. They weren't like you got your butt handed to you both times. Excuse me. It wasn't like he got his butt handed to him. They were close. You nearly won one of them. Yeah. You, you giving your spot up in the singles tournament, again, like you said, it's like he gave, he gave up before he even fully decided he wanted to try anymore. And people can, and you can say whatever, he can say whatever he wants. He should be like, he can say, oh, well, digital is just not really helping me. I think I would do better if I was in front of an audience. Like, then don't take yourself out of the tournament. You could have a match. Right. Like Just if fight. he if he was in the tournament right now, we could be talking about oh Ben Goddard versus um uh for an example Ben Goddard versus Ben Bateman in studio. Like we could be yeah. talking about that. We could have been talking about it. Might have been Ben versus Ben. Who knows? Or just I don't know. I don't know. And again, to the point of Ben should be in the IG tournament. Again, like. Saul had his chance. He had a number one contendership match. He had his chance. And I love Saul to death with how he's been playing and how he's been studying and how seriously he takes the game. I love that he is full on that way. But in my opinion, Saul has had his chance at the IG belt. He failed in that number one contendership match. The lights might have gotten to him. Ben should be the person in the IG tournament, not Saul. Here's my thoughts. I actually disagree with you. I think Saul should be in the Inner Geekdom tournament because of the work he's putting in, the fact he's got fire, and they've got to win. My thing is, Ben, uh, ben Goddard should be in the singles tournament or the teams because I get what they're doing with teams. They're trying to work out their, their rookies. I get it. But you have got to move up in the faction rankings, and you're giving up. And I... I I, I love Ben Goddard. That's that's why I'm so frustrated with it because he's so good. Believe in yourself, man. Like absolutely believe in what you can do because you can fight. And if you can fight, you can win. Literally in there, yeah. literally in Lightning Time versus Outsiders. I think that was the match. Literally when they lost, the Outsiders lost. They basically gave up the rest of the season. They basically were like, ah, oh, yeah. we're done. And that's what I hate. I hate that they were like that. I 
hated it with a passion because if they wanted to, they could be in this tournament right now and their season could not be done. Heck, let let's let's look at the players again. Let let let's look at um the matchup. Okay, so you got Danger Zone. If the outsiders were going up against Danger Zone, probably not have won, but it would have been one heck of a match. Them going up against King Arthur, who knows? They might not have won, but they it would have been one heck of a match. If they would have gone up the outsiders versus midterms, they could have won. Mid um the outsiders versus Paige for Betty and Drew McQueenie. They could have won. Outsiders versus Chaos Savior. They could have won. They could have won three of these matches if they would have put themselves in the tournament, but they didn't. I understand they want to put Mark Riley and Alonzo Duralde together. Great. But the outsiders should have been in this tournament. If they wanted Mark Riley and Alonzo as a team, they should have did it early on. I agree. So in saying that, let's we've actually had a longer longer time today than what we originally thought. That's what uh, happens when you get passionate about tourney talk. <laughs> Someone's saying that. Let's go ahead and what what do you want to plug before we head out? I have my YouTube channel, Mr. Eli Mack. I'm still trying to think about stuff to publish on the YouTube channel. Don't worry. I will have stuff eventually. That is the word, eventually. Or whenever they release the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, then you'll definitely see that video. Yep, we're still waiting on that one. And you can also follow me on all my social media at Mr. Eli Mac, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Just go there. And yeah, keep up to date with all the stuff that we're putting up here. We got some plans for the offseason. Oh, yeah. And for me, y'all, please keep watching this channel. We're going to do more reaction videos. We're going to do more movie reviews. We just got done doing a Free Guy review, which was an absolutely amazing movie, and you all need to go watch that movie. And saying that, also, if you would, please like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Please subscribe. We are growing. Our channel is growing rapidly. We have been getting interactions with uh, pov recently which has been so amazing once again another shout out also taylor robinson just because we haven't got to shout her out today <laughs> but in saying that thank you everyone for watching and please be kind to each other got anything else to say buddy i hope you all have a great rest of the day hey, buddy.